You're listening to the B2B Marketing Insider, a podcast entirely focused on B2B marketing, where you'll get insights, ideas, strategies, and tactics for starting more conversations with mid to large size companies, for growing demand for your services with the right buyers, and improving the quality of leads for your sales team. The discussions are short, punchy, and aim to give you a ton of takeaways to help you drive extraordinary performance for your B2B campaigns. This podcast is brought to you by Web Profits, a digital growth consultancy that helps challenger brands drive growth in a complex and fragmented digital landscape. You can find out more about Web Profits at webprofits.io. Now, let's get into it. This is Alice Cleanthus, and today we're talking with Justin Rondo, who's the head of of growth and acquisition at Teamwork, which is a leading project management platform designed specifically for client work. And he's also a 10-year veteran in the marketing space, having trained thousands of marketers in CRO, conversions analytics, funnel architecture, marketing strategy, and email marketing, and the list goes on. Today, we'll be talking about how Teamwork approaches their B2B marketing for closing these bigger deals. And just quickly before we get started, make sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Then Now let's get into it. Welcome, Justin. Good to be here, Alex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Nat, again, I'm excited like a usual, um, but let's get straight <laughs> into it. Let's do it. What's the approach that you use at Teamwork to close these bigger deals? Yeah, so that's a, a really great question. I think the one thing that everybody's trying to uh, to to do, like in the software space, is to try and go up market and try to find these opportunities that aren't going to turn into like these kind of like onesie twosie accounts that you're spending a lot of time on the with the sales team, right? So for us, it's it's all about like identifying, you know what our self-serve motion looks like versus what our ideal candidate would look like on, on the sales side. So, um, so a lot of work went into identifying like, you know, the, the proper kind of profile of an account that's coming in to then send off to sales. And so a lot of marketing is charged with obviously like overall demand generation, but, um, a lot of the work that goes into there is like within our targeting is making sure that we're getting in front of the right people. But, um, overall, like how we, just get the get the account sources to first identify them and to try to find ways to you know ask them those questions and start progressively filling out their profile as they're creating accounts at teamwork we have a fairly simplistic funnel it's um it's a trial funnel like <laughs> you come in do you want to do you want to do project management better if you're in the client service space absolutely yes i do um they come in they start filling out their information we start asking them more questions to fill that profile out and then we start looking at um, different levels of activity to then pass off to the sales team. So in general, like the sales team will start working like uh, our larger accounts, like whether it's 25 plus or anything there. Uh, and then we'll also prioritize based off of different types of scoring to like tell them like who to go after based off of like, you know, the activity within the account. So it's really about asking who, who's best for you and then figuring out the recency to which they've um, been working with, you know, been working within the platform to then create a much stronger conversation once they get on a call. So is it right to say that you go for everyone and then through the sign-up process, you get them to self-identify that they are um, a company that's a bit uh, larger because of the company size or something like that? Like, like is that kind of how you approach it? Um, or is that just I one read, of the ways which you yeah, approach it? That, that's one of the ways that we approach it. And historically, that's the way we've been doing it the most. Like if, if you look at like where we're marketing and kind of where we stand out in the market right now, um, like we're very, very solid. Like when people are comparing platforms and when they're in the evaluation stage, like we're really, really good at that. And we've done a, a phenomenal job building that up. Um, but that leaves you kind of vulnerable and kind of weak in terms of some of the selection that you can do, right? If you're, if people are in evaluation and coming to you via paid, organic, direct, like off the brand and things like that, then you're kind of getting what you get. So 
yes. Uh, so partly yes to that question. Like we are kind of like throwing out a, a, a broad rope because we're not actually like being like, Hey, let's, let's rope these people just yet. And we're expanding that now to start target, to be able to target more effectively for our ICP, because in general, like if you're, if you're not targeting anybody, if you're like, you're going for everybody, then you're going for nobody. Um, you will catch people overall. And like, we've done a phenomenal job doing that. We have a great process between the marketing and the sales team. Um, but in general, like we are kind of expanding our major, like our, our top of funnel targeting efforts, um, via, you know, different types of content and, and building out from there to like get people to self-select earlier in the funnel versus just relying on people in the evaluation stage and the people that are moving from, one project management platform to the other, or know they have a project management problem and need to go that route. Mm. So then if you're trying to push these larger deals and it's outside of the standard approach, what are you finding is the best way to get the brand out there and to get people starting to speak to you that are from these uh, larger organizations? Gosh, like if I could nail that one down, <laughs> that, that, that is truly the million dollar question in how you start identifying some of those people. But what we've started to do is just try to try to think, try to make ourselves like the, the thought leader in the space for people in the client services industry. Um, that won't get you um, exactly like company sizes you're looking for, but it gets people to start looking for you as a resource. So outside of just being a, a solution to their problem, you need to provide them value to things that lead up to that particular problem. You want to be that resource for people to go to. And that's, that's a massive move that we're going to be making going into uh, 2022. But then you have to start uh, targeting that type of content and that type of thought leadership and partnering up with people that have that ideal client base within them and, and partnering up, whether that be like, you know, virtual events, actual live events, when those things start happening again, um, co-branded content, like thought leadership content, like individual like reports and those types of things that, and they all need to be focused around what like the problems and needs of those larger companies and those larger prospects, right? You don't want to be almost, you don't want to start, which we did and it, it works quite well, but it does garner a lot of kind of smaller deals with kind of basic thought leadership. You need to get to hyper-specific types of thought leadership about the problems that people are having at scale. That's such a good answer. And I'm gonna just unpack that just a little bit. So the first part is, um, and just correct me if I'm wrong, but you focus on the client services area, right? It doesn't matter what size of company in terms of content to begin with, it's more thinking that that is the area which you're going to compete, is that right? Yep. Cool, and then from there, now you're making thought leadership content and you're creating potential partnerships with companies that already have these people and you're kind of combining content plus partnerships to really, I guess, shorten the sale, uh, the process of establishing trust with an audience. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that, that, that's, I think that's a really fair statement to make. Like it's, it's a shortcut to, um, to trust. Um, if people already trust somebody uh, and then you can look at it like, what is it? Uh, and when you work with maybe somebody that complements your services or is an indirect competitor in terms of attention, if you can work with them because they've already earned that attention from other people, then you can just, you know, take a lot of that, you know, the, the trust from that and utilize that for yourself. Cause if they have that, like the eyeballs and the people that are paying attention to them, those people trust them. You do some work with them. That's truly valuable then they'll in turn begin to trust you. So when they get to that consideration phase, it's now teamwork that pops up in their head versus like, I don't know where to go yet or some mm. other one of our competitors, you know? It sounds like it's super important to pick the right partner to create that partnership with because it sounds like it's a ton 
of work to put that stuff together. Is that mm-hmm. right? It is. And we've, we've screwed that up before. I mean, I've screwed that up at other companies and it's always, it is a, a, a game of like, can, can you and the partner deliver on what's happening? Um, you generally want to find somebody that's around a similar size to you, unless you're, unless you're like a, a, a smaller, like a smaller gun that's like, uh, and you're feeling ambitious and you want to go after one of the big guys or big gals, um, or big people, let's, let's go with that. And in most cases, they're going to have a whole, like, well, what's in it for me. Every partnership is going to have a, what's in it for me scenario. And if you can't provide that, then you're kind of like SOL, like it's, it's not gonna, it's not going to play off. And there are more valuable things than reach. There are ex- there is expertise. We worked with a really cool company on one project where, um, they release every two years, um, a pricing guide for agencies, which awesome. We don't have to do the research now. Sweet. And like, we can be a valuable partner in that we have a much larger like sphere of influence than this, this organization did. And so we're able to get more data for the research, make it more powerful. And then in turn, we both get something great. Right. Um, the real trick is, is to kind of like get everything out of the Buffalo and not just go after like a release of a single report. It's you turn that into an event or something like that. And that's, I'd expect to see more stuff like that from us very soon, um, in terms of how we're releasing things. So you just said you turn that into an event. Yeah. Uh, What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So not like a, like a, Hey, let's everybody get together. It would be just like a a webinar launch or something like that, where you'd be doing a standard, like, Hey, we've like, and it it actually feeds in pretty well. If you're, if you're pulling data from your own list and you're saying you reach out like, Hey, we're going to do this report. Uh, Could you take five minutes to fill this thing out? Once it's done, we'll share it with you. That builds anticipation when you're ready to release it. Then you have a, instead of just releasing it, you go, great, we're going to share the findings. And so you can do that like in all these cool ways where you have a, a webinar launch that you can then have some on-demand piece of content that exists. You have a blog post that would, if it's a good amount of, if it's like solid information, that's not too specific to your product, then you could actually get some, a, a lot of backlinks from like, even like journalists and those things. If you're talking about things that have much wider appeal in the business space, and then you can also gate that content. So what you can do is instead of it being fully gated, you can do a, here's findings from our report. That would be kind of for the PR people and like the PR link exchange stuff. And then after that stuff's happened, you say, get the full report by filling in your information here. You share the insider findings, get those tweetable pieces, and then you you throw that into there and then bam, like you have from one like kind of project, you have three solid pieces of content that, um, that really built, like will target and, and I like get the people at those kind of like higher echelons that you're looking for in terms of deal size, like excited, like earlier on in the, in the uh, customer journey. So you're creating the partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, you're leveraging the content between the two partners. You're then establishing some kind of event that is the launch with like insights webinar with then um, with some gated content and so on. So like you're fully maximizing that kind of effort. How many partnerships could a company realistically handle at any one time one like this <laughs> like, it's like uh, one isn't I, it it feels I, like I would, one would yeah. be quite a lot like unless like it's a company like adobe right <laughs> that's got yeah, exactly and like and we're, we're we're pretty like we're, we're getting there in size too and like and even like small like it doesn't really matter what company size you are like you could probably do like one a quarter maybe um and then like, and that's how you can also turn them into kind of more of these kind of like virtual kind of like releases and those things. And then you can get on a cadence. Um, who is it? Uh, Andy Crestendina at Orbit Media. He releases uh, a great report every year. Um, he probably actually does more than this at this point. 
Um, but it's something I look forward to. And he follows that cadence. He, he does it like all by himself and uses his own network to fill in the, the details there. It's all about content marketing and it's just amazing. Um, and that's like, I think when you're building these types of things, like in like industry reports and benchmark reports and those types of things are, are kind of like in, at least I think in the SaaS space, like are a, are a solid way, really not just SaaS, really in B2B are a solid way to kind of make yourself a, an incredible thought leader in a meaningful way to your target market. Um, it, it's almost instant credibility to be quite honest. So it sounds like because you were already uh, so good at um, the consideration phase, this is that uh, the top of funnel, uh, the awareness phase, and mm-hmm. you're going into these partnerships for something which you can't already get, right? And so how do you actually select the partner so that the deals that come through are actually worth that significantly increased amount of effort um, in establishing that partnership and making it successful? Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's gotta be just the makeup of their, like of their list or of their, of their attention or of their user base or anything there. Like for us, like an ideal partner would be like kind of like HubSpot's agency program. That would be phenomenal. Um, because we know we'll get in front of all of the right people there. Um, I'm sure there's significantly more that, that are ideal. That's just on my like hit list right now. So if they're listening, like let's chat. Um, but that'd be a great one. I think another thing would be, I know in like I have one area of our ICP is like in the financial services. So it's like, cool, like let's go find who's that person or like, who's that organization that has kind of those, like anybody who's doing, you know, anybody within that space that would be a fit for teamwork. So the idea being that we need to, you you have to self-select based off of like what they report to be their audience. <laughs> and then, um, and then hold, hold people to, to, you know, standards. Like, I've seen in previous ones I've done at other companies, like especially for, for larger, like kind of like event type things that are on there. Like if you, you would get like the number of leads and reciprocation from like a HubSpot or something like that, or active campaign, like we've done these with several of them, like you get in reciprocation from them, like the number, like based off the number of leads that you provide them that are net new. Right. And so then there's ways to work those in, but make it so like you're not giving away the farm on your side and you're getting something back and vice versa. Nobody wants to be left like holding the bag in this scenario. Um, and there's a lot of great ways to do it that don't come off to like, kind of like, like, Oh, like I don't trust you. And then in delivering on these things, but you do have to hold people accountable because like sometimes just stuff doesn't go the way you expect it to like in, in those scenarios. So. And who's the decision maker at the other side of it? I say, for example, the people that are listening are thinking, Hey, this sounds good. I like to start it. Is it yeah. the marketing folk? Is it the sales folk? Is it, um, is it the C levels? Like, like who needs to, to get the sign off on some, like, like on a partnership like this? Yeah. I'd say it's probably if they don't have like a, um, like a branded like events team or something like that, I'd say it's going to be somebody like director or above that's going to sign off. So if it's not like a massive company that actually have that arm, it's going to be director or above, like they're a decision maker. And if you're going to pitch it to them, like just always pitch that what's in it for you or what's in it for them rather, um, to be like, Hey, got this thing. Like say, if you're a content creator and you just need more exposure on some stuff and you, and you need more exposure, the right kind of exposure on the things you're creating and you've identified like, um, you know, like, uh, Marketo or something is the perfect one for you or something like that. Then just, you'd want to start kind of at that, at that director level there to be like, Hey, we have this report. Da, 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 da. 
you have, you have a content gap here. It, this takes a lot of work to build. Um, we'd want to do like a co thing with you. Like, here's what we propose. Like, and a lot of those, if you're, if you're, if your specialty is content, lean into that, lean into the specialty and what you provide to the table. If you're on the other side where you're like, I don't have the ability to build some of these things out or even like the, the better understanding, but you have reach. Oh gosh. Like reach out to those people and say like, Hey, you're doing some really cool stuff. We want to give you more distribution. Like, how do we do that? Um, how do we turn this into something that, that, that you can then synthesize into something that we've both made. If it's something that's already been created, like what can we do with that? Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's two sides of the coin there. Like if it's reach or if it's content or like, I, I mean, those are the two big things. Yeah, no, like that's you really awesome. Something or you distribute it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then, so then, you know, just in terms of um, the sharing of the, the inquiries or whatever, right? So like, like I'm assuming there needs to be a way for people to download something so you get their contact details or is there yeah. Yeah, other ways of like sharing the information or like, is it basically opt-in? Like, is that what we're yeah, talking about you, right you, now? You, you'd go with opt-in at that point, like at this level. And then you kind of, you, you talk through like, you know, like what information do you need from that? Um, you can also barter like when you're setting the deal up, like if, if you're doing, if it's just your, like, cause normally you can do a few things here where it's like a, if you're just like promoting to your email list and they're promoting to their email list, and then you're just bartering those. Like one of the things you can do is I'll say, Hey, I'd want the full contact record, not just what's full, not what's in there. So then anybody like if, so if somebody on, like on our list then filled out the form and they only had those like four to like five form fields that are on there. You could try and and in kind of like the like negotiation phase, be like if you have more con- contact information on there, more information about those people, we'd like to be able to have that information as well. Got um, it. Some people don't do like a lot of people don't do that, but some people will. It's worth asking. Mm. Um, yeah, it yeah. makes sense, mate. This is so good. Thank you for sharing like all this insight into actually um, how you structure these partnerships because I think it's a content play, but it's a partnership mm-hmm. play and it's a trust play, but it's all in one. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's a really good kind of accelerator um, to get the leads flowing through, um, especially those hard to get ones um, that require some trust. Just quickly, outside of that, you know, what kind of thought our leadership content are you producing outside of partnerships? Right now. So I actually look at both. I don't think you need to have things that are exclusive or like two partnerships. Like it's like the question you have is, is there when like, it could be any type of content that you want to be creating. And then the real question is do would having a partner increase the, um, the depth of knowledge, um, or, and, or provide new opportunities for us. Um, that's really the first question you want to ask when you're starting to build like some, some bigger pieces of content, uh, is, is, you know, what, do we want to go the partner route? If no, like that's totally fine. You can probably still build the same thing. Um, and that's, what's going to tell you kind of like where, like, like what you should be focusing on. And that should be like the, the basic kind of like stuff that you'd be seeing for you, for your ideal customer. So anything that we don't, that, that we know that we just need to have as like, Hey, this is kind of more niche content that we need to be known for. And I think some of those could still fall under those like industry benchmark reports and those things. Those are things that I think like, if you do those right again, instant credibility, um, I've seen those work really, really well. Um, but then, uh, from there, I've seen some different types of content that are, that, that would be fun that I haven't tried out personally that I could share, but like, it's something I want to try in the future. Um, but one of them is like the, the, and I, I, I know this phrase is taken from Marcus Sheridan, like the, you ask, they answer, but that's in, in terms of like inbound marketing. I, I truly believe like if you have, um, 
a, like it could be just a webinar where it's like sign up for it and at like, and then in the sign up, you say, and like, what are three questions about this topic that you have? And you have them fill in those three questions you have. And like, say you're, you have people sign up for like a week prior to the webinar or whatever, or like, you, and you look at those questions and that just built you the webinar. <laughs> and that's it. And now you have a piece of content you can continue to do each and every time. And even you can pitch to those people on there, like, Hey, like, if you want, like we do this like every, every month or every two weeks or something like this. And if you have more questions <laughs> than, than you had to put in here, like, come on back. So it creates an evergreen setup that builds the content for you. It is really like a, it's a pretty solid move that I've seen that's done at the kind of middle of funnel area, but I've also seen work it work on the top funnel. I haven't done it myself, but, um, it's one that's on my like bag of tricks that like, I really, really want to bust out, mm -hmm. um, in the near future, especially as, um, as we're trying to expand into more of those, you know, client services areas, like, like, and we want to, you know, not just get, get into like, Hey, like, what do you have about project management for clients? Like no one wants, no one really cares about that at that point. Like, we just know that we have a platform that makes things easier for people to actually run their client work in general and run their business, look at like profitability reports and do those things. So you start splintering back from your core offering of like what you're providing and saying, what do people need to know? fundamentally earlier on that would bring them to the conclusion that they need to use us. And then that's how you start structuring the type of content you need at the middle and the top of the funnel, and then just make it more engaging and make it more real after the fact. So it's like, Hey, pretty much how you, how you structure them too, is going to dictate like how, like, and like what your topic is going to dictate the type of people in there. If you had a topic that's like, like, do you have trouble, uh, like getting clients? Like, how about we help you with this? That's not good. That's going to be the wrong audience, right? That's the wrong type of people. You're starting off on the wrong foot earlier on. That's going to be a client workplace. That's going to be like, you know, one to two people that are just starting out that are never going to get to those deal sizes that the sales team wants to see. So as easy as it is to talk about those things and, and it will cast a wide net, it'll never have the like efficiency that you'd want to see then like kind of like a banging piece of content. That's going to be answering the questions that somebody like, that's like an agency of 25 plus would have because the questions at one to two are very different than that. Um, when you're, when you're, when you're getting more mature. So it's getting really specific on the conversations, the challenges, um, yeah. that your target audience is having before they're even considering your service. Right. So it's almost kind yeah. of establishing the buying criteria, isn't it? It's like, cool. Mm -hmm. So here are the things which you should be thinking about like, if you can be doing this, which kind of link to what you sell, you know, yep. a bit further down the journey. And ideally, you know, the service that, that you're selling, and this is not specifically to you, Justin, but just for the listeners, um, is actually really good. Right. So that the buying oh, yeah. criteria like is set up. And then at the point of conversion, the service is something that's actually got extreme value. Right. And I think that's kind of what starts to, um, to close the loop, you know, um, but exactly. I am conscious of time and man, we just touched on some of the things I wanted to talk about. So maybe I'll get you back on, but, but this has been a fantastic conversation so far. So quickly high level, what does the teamwork software do like, and who's it suited for? Okay. Yeah. So teamwork, we've been talking teamwork. about it and I think that's going to be some good context as well. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. No, so, so teamwork is a project management solution that has been designed from the ground up for anybody that does client work. Like if you don't do client work totally, you can use it as well, but we are geared and ready and built for anybody that is, you know, in, in like a, a marketing agency or anybody that really just does, um, that, that sells, you know, that, that bills their time. Like we're able to kind of like have your entire team in there, get your clients in there, you're able to track all your billable minutes, make sure all your projects and tasks like are, are, are in line 
give insight to the client, cut down on like all those crappy emails that you get like, Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? As I'm sure when people have felt before, yeah. uh, but really just uh, an end to end solution for, for people in the client space. And how much does something like this cost? Of course it depends um, per user, but what's a, yeah. What's and a it depends per price? user, but you're going to be around like, I think like, you know, 10, 10 to $18 per user, depending on like what you have in there. Yeah. Perfect. So for the listeners, um, you should check out their content at the very least and have a look at how they do some partnerships and have a look at their website. And if you're a company of 25 or more, just get a conversion from this um, so that if they can start to build their pipeline. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Semi-joking. Um, but uh, but, uh, but Justin, this has been um, such a great conversation and I didn't know that it was going to go into the whole partnership side with the content partnerships and how that scales up. And I think that's a super interesting approach um, to content marketing um, and for leveraging content in ways that p- people are potentially not thinking about. And I really like how you shared kind of some of um, the considerations and the things um, that people should be thinking about at the time that they're establishing the partnership. So thanks for coming on the B2B podcast today, the B2B Marketing Insider podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you in a future episode about a different part of how teamwork actually scales up these bigger B2B deals. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Speak to you soon, brother. Thank you, man. Cool. Thanks for listening to the B2B Marketing Insider podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. For more episodes, please visit b2binsider.com.au. And if you need help driving growth for your company, please get in touch with us at webprofits.io.